0: Uh, my, my boss called me after hours and I knew that he was gonna fire me. So he just called me, told me that uh, it's not working out and he let me go.
1: Welcome back to Young Smart Money. My name's Apple Kreider and I'm your host. So a lot of us have this idea of, of growing a YouTube channel, okay? It's, it's kind of today's celebrity to be a YouTube star. So today we have Matt Tran on the show. Matt has actually scaled his YouTube channel from nothing to over 350,000 subscribers, turned it into an actual business. He's got eight employees on his staff that he he grows this business. It's now not just a YouTube channel, but it's an actual business And he is growing this business at an exponential rate. So today we're talking with him about how he did that, how he made this transition, some of the biggest hurdles that he had to get over in order to do this. And we also hit on remote work. And if you're not familiar with what remote work is, basically it's just having a job that doesn't require you to be in an office from nine to five. So if you're interested in any of that, I'm sure you will enjoy this show. And before we get into it, if you guys have not yet left a review on iTunes, I would really appreciate you leaving us a five-star review. It helps us not only get the show in front of more people, but it helps you hear from even more amazing. amazing guests like Matt. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, guys, so today we have Matt from Engineered Truth on the show. Matt, can you give us a little background about you, what you're all about?
0: Yeah, five years ago, I graduated from Cal State Long Beach with a degree in mechanical engineering. I had three engineering jobs. I got fired from all of them being late. (laughs) I hated every single job and then uh, after that, I decided to do my YouTube channel full time, Engineer Truth. And at the time, I was only making two hundred fifty dollars per month. Wow! And I thought, That's yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> it was it was tough. And at the same time, I was going through a breakup. After I got fired from my second internship, I went through a breakup the same week. And so I had to go from living in Long Beach, uh, a routine. I had the best routine at the time. I had you know I would go to work, mm-hmm. um, go home, and if I wasn't hanging out with my ex, I would just play League of Legends. That was like (laughs) the most popular game at the time. Yeah. Uh, And then I had that routine going on for six months and uh, it all ended one day when I got called into, actually I didn't get called. I I remember now it's, it's been a long time, but uh, my, my boss called me after hours and I knew that he was going to fire me. So he just called me, told me that uh, it's not working out and he let me go. And uh, yeah, I didn't really, you know what? I just felt like uh failure at the time I felt like a huge failure at the time and uh the same week uh like the things weren't going well with the relationship so mm-hmm. I drove down to UCI U- University of California Irvine and then uh, we decided to end the relationship and it was uh one of those tough situations where I felt like I couldn't focus when I was in that relationship for whatever reason the, the our interests were not aligned and Um, I lost, I feel like I lost my ambition. So when I got into that relationship, I just started playing a ton of video games, a ton of league of legends, uh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I just got in that, in that ritual, that habit of, uh, you know, being comfortable, you know, being in that relationship, you have the, the constant comfort of, a. Have a girl, and uh, and say so for some part of reason, you know, in your twenties, you just tend to play like a lot of video games. <laughs> I, like as soon as I got into a relationship, I would play a ton of video games, uh, and then whenever I got out of a relationship, I would play no video games at all. Like you'd have to force me to play play video games. Yeah, maybe some people in the audience could uh, could relate to that. And so I moved home with my parents. Mm-hmm. I was only making two hundred fifty dollars per month. I accepted one last engineering job. Okay. Uh, in Newport. Getting paid seventeen fifty per hour, not and bad. It was, it was the lowest I had ever been paid as an engineer.
1: Damn. Yeah, I and guess as an
0: engineer, I was I was I was desperate at the time. Yeah. And so I took it, and I, I lasted at that job for one month before getting fired for being Jeez. late all the time. And I not I, I wasn't I just didn't like the environment either. So,
1: so it know. was being late your big issue at all of these jobs. It's just you it didn't
0: fit your style. And like they could tell I didn't want to be there. Mm. <laughs> like I showed out my face. I showed it my performance. Like I just. You know, I I was excited. I was like, cool. Like, this is like a real engineering job. I'm going to learn a lot. And it just never suited me. Well, why, why, like, what, what about the job?
1: Like, wasn't a fit for you? Like what, was it? just like being at a job in general. Did it feel like stifling or why, why do you think that didn't work out for you?
0: Definitely stifling Uh, jobs are absolutely stifling. I didn't like the idea of going to work Monday through Friday, waking up at 7am every single day, staying there until the sun is going down. And if any of you have worked a full-time job, you know how it is. You, you wake up and the sun is coming up and then you go to work. And then by the time you go home, the sun is going down. You actually never get to enjoy the day. And that's every day of five days a week. And most mechanical engineering uh, industries do not have that work from home. You know, we Fridays or half days or Fridays or work from home days lifestyle. Yeah. That's more in digital marketing or in tech, like programming. Which is why on my channel I, I recommend those two uh, much more than I recommend engineering. I don't recommend engineering just because it doesn't provide a comfortable lifestyle for people. So that, the number one was the was the Monday through Friday grind. The second thing was that the work itself is very boring. Mm. And I think people have this fantasy of what engineering is like. Yeah. Uh, and you you can keep uh, you can have that fantasy maybe if you get like a, a really high level position. But I've known engineers at Apple, uh, Tesla, and stuff like that, and they say you know what? the company is so big you 're not the person making the huge impact you 're not the one discovering mm. new technology at this point if you come into Apple or Tesla right now you 're really uh, you 're really a, almost a cog in the wheel and, and yeah. just part of that part of that funnel part of that system
1: so was it that fantasy that really made you want to get into mechanical engineering in the first place or like why, why was that attractive to you? Why, did you why do you think you majored in that
0: Yeah, I think uh, I majored in mechanical engineering because I thought I was going to be working on cool problems it 's going to be very high level mm-hmm. it 's going to be challenging every day i 'm going to be uh, uh, inventing something new. And even though I didn't find that in mechanical engineering, I did find that when I went to a web developer bootcamp called Dev Mountain, hmm. and I find that in web development or in programming, you have a lot more opportunity to create something that you find very cool and it works. Hmm. And that's why I, I gear people toward that. Cause there's so many options with web developing and programming that you could work for a large company or you could work for a startup and you would actually see the effectiveness of your work, whereas in mechanical engineering, you often won't not see the effectiveness of your work. It's a lot of paperwork. Interesting.
1: That's really interesting. So coming back to your YouTube channel, when so you were start you started that while you were in
0: school, right? I started while I was in school, and I was the first career channel on YouTube. Really? And what? Dang. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> well, other people are doing it, but it was it would be like um, they wouldn't get any views at all, practically mm. none, because it'd be like uh, today we're gonna talk about. Chemo- chemistry uh, as a major <laughs> and I think chemistry is good because it teaches you how to critically think <laughs> it's like they're so they're so bad uh at the time and so I wanted to make my channel to be realistic and so that's why my first video was, was called the only majors to go to college for and uh yeah, about
1: I, one of your biggest videos right
0: yeah unfortunately unfortunately
1: too. <laughs> I yeah. love the thumbnail every time I look at it it makes me laugh
0: you know what's funny is uh that was made by, by my ex the one that we had a breakup and i told her like look just make it as ridiculous as possible i just want to like i just want to because i had a normal thumbnail like a regular one and then i was like no 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 no, no like let's just let's just, i guess it was old at the time it was already like two years old i said you know what? let's just let's just have fun with it right she just, oh really I got even more views so, <laughs> she's like god damn it so we just kept it we kept it yeah. for, kept it for like five years now wow so was your, was your channel always called engineered truth or were there any like versions no, it was always called uh, Engineer Truth, and the intention behind that was, it's really hard to to come up with a company name. A lot of people just use yeah. their their ne- their own name now, but mm-hmm. I was an engineering student at the time, so I wanted engineer to be in the title. Right. And then I thought, like, okay, I'm telling the truth, so I just put like Engineer Truth. It's pretty simple.
1: Fair enough. I mean, it's a very like catchy name. I feel like, and and to to be able to roll with that for what like seven years now. How long has yeah. the channel been going? S-
0: yeah. Seven years. Dang. One note about, about naming your, your company. If you do it now, never put like millennial or 20 something, oh. never, never age gate yourself because as soon as you cross cross 30, then you feel very inauthentic. Yeah. One example is there's a guy who's, he has a brand called rich 20 something. I think he has mm-hmm. like a podcast and YouTube channel and stuff like that. And now he's 30. So oh. now he's re- <laughs> rebranding to his, his, um, first and last name. And then there's also, I see a lot of people brand themselves as like the millennial, blah, 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 the millennial, blah. But let me tell you, you're going to get, when you're 30 or 40, like you just don't want to be associated with millennial because it sounds really young. Even yep. when millennials are in their forties, <laughs> it'll, it'll still have that, like, for whatever reason, that young yep. connotation. So I, I wouldn't brand, like if you're making the copy for your, for your, your the company, your name, um, like the words on your website or the words on your social media accounts, just avoid the word millennial. Cause when you rebrand yourself, when you turn 30 something, it's just going to feel weird.
1: That's that's really smart. I never really thought of that before. But yeah, you can really age out of out of a name. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> don't age, don't don't pick a name where you can age out. I highly <laughs> recommend not to do that.
1: All right. So what what made you start your channel in the first place? Because obviously there's a lot of engineering students that don't decide to start career YouTube channels. Um so what what made you want to do that?
0: Funny enough, is when I attended Cal Poly Pomona, I was an orientation leader for the summer. So I, the freshmen would come in or the transfer students would come in and I would uh, prepare them for uh, college, talk with them, give talks. Uh, I would get them ready for college. And I found that job, the most fun, the most fun job I ever had. Really? And I was, I was still late to that job. a couple times. <laughs> and that was this job where you cannot be late. Oops, my bad. I was only late three times out of the whole summer. It's not that bad. Like, okay. Okay. But I was, when I was late, I was pretty fucking late. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed that job and I realized, what what made me mad uh is that i see these people with potential
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they choose a career where it doesn't where it caps their potential mm. where like for example i i worked really hard in mechanical engineering and my friends who stayed in mechanical engineering their salaries are, are pretty limited to i would say a hundred thousand dollars and even right. though they've been doing it for seven years eight years now they're still at around that hundred thousand dollar mark and it's in some cases the only way they could go up is if they go into management some but some people are not like meant to be leaders right like that's true the yeah. management is like the cut of like the top the, the the one person who's pretty good at leading out of like 20 or 30 people is yeah chosen get into management. not so not everyone gets there um whereas like i saw people who did like computer science or or data science careers they could get paid like hundred twenty thousand 000, 000 off the gate and like, they have, in addition, they don't even have to look for jobs, like jobs come to them once they have some years of experience. And I thought, how crazy, you take the same ambition, you take the same person, but one person just chose mechanical engineering, the other person just chose computer science. All, all, the only difference is the choice, yep. same ambition, same intelligence, but one person's limited in their career, they have to like always beg for a job and mechanical engineering gets very niched. So if your industry gets outed by technology or AI, you're pretty screwed. Yeah. Whereas like computer science, you're, you're the ones making technology to screw people over. So <laughs> yeah. it's unlikely that you're going to get outdated. And so that really made me mad. And through my college career, I went through four colleges. Okay. I have a psychology degree and I have a mechanical engineering degree. Wild. And, yeah. Well, I went to four career counselors, two at state colleges, one at a UC university of California, Irvine, and then one at a community college and all the career counselors sucked. Like none of them knew what they're talking about. If you like, for example, the, one of the biggest trends right now in uh, career potential is digital marketing and digital yeah. marketing agencies are super hot right now. They're hard. Yeah. They don't have enough talent. If you go to your career counselor right now, ask them what digital <laughs> marketing is. Oh no. <laughs> they won't even ask them if they know what pay-per-click is. They, they probably don't even realize that Facebook makes all their money from ads. They don't even uh, realize that they're yeah. like, what? So that's how Facebook makes money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they don't, they don't They're unaware. Right?
1: Yeah. But there's yeah. just so there's just such a huge market there. And like, it's, there, there's such a in a lot of my classes, I'm in school right now, I'm I'm going to school in, in Wisconsin, big state school. Um, and in a lot of my classes, there is there is that disconnect between what what the actual what like the real world is like, Cause I mean, I have I have an online business. So I have some experience with with what how making money actually works. Um, and just just seeing how like they they talk about marketing in in classes compared to how marketing works online there's just such a disconnect there and and it's, it just really makes you think like what what am i learning here um so that that's yeah there's definitely there's definitely can be a huge huge disconnect there especially with the career counselor example like that's that's definitely very very applicable have um, you been
0: to career counselor at your college yet you
1: i done? well i've been to i've been to one and that was mostly just to workshop my resume so i could land an internship um and we didn't we didn't really talk that much other than like, she told me what people want to see on a resume. And I made my resume look like what they wanted to see in a resume and I got an internship. So that was my experience with the career counselor. Um, so nothing, nothing too extraordinary there. Um, so going going back to do you think computer science is is really like a superior major? I mean, it sounds like you think that's a lot better than mechanical engineering. Um, would you say that's like one of your top majors? Because I know a lot of the videos on your channel are like why this major is really good, or like the only majors you go to college for. So, what do you think some of the top majors are in your in your view right now?
0: I think the only one that's really good is is this computer science, and then obviously, if you want to do something in the healthcare field, you got to study things applicable to that, like nursing or or biology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think if I had to choose three that are not in the healthcare field, healthcare field is, is something that you know that's like a separate okay. dimension itself. But in terms of business practical versatile sense and computer science is the top one okay. because uh i'll go in a second second one would be uh business information systems okay and then the third one would be um, i would say it's kind of it's kind of crazy to say this i would say it's uh graphic design really yeah graphic design Interesting. So th- let me okay. let me go through each of them yeah. okay so computer science, obviously, programming is really important. And and I'll give you an example. Yeah. I, mean, I have a joint venture with Dan Locke. Many of you have probably seen his videos on YouTube or on Facebook by now. He's uh, the king of high-ticket sales. Yeah. And he's huge right now. He's blowing up on social oh, yeah. media. Right now, he's making his own platform at closers.com. And even if he never intends to be like, even if you study computer science and you want to go to business one day, mm-hmm. likely you're going to have to make your own platform one day. Just like how Dan Lok is making closures.com. Mm-hmm. But when you're an entrepreneur and you have no knowledge of how programming or how computers work, you know? or know, how the internet works and you're trying to make an online platform, you have no idea how to hire someone. You don't know the questions to ask. Nope. You don't know the structure. You don't even know who to ask, who to hire, right?
1: <laughs> Not so, even close.
0: And even my, my mentor, Joe Mignotti, he's the CEO of empire flippers. Oh. Which is an online business marketplace. He's making his own platform because before, like, he, he everything would be done manually with people. Like, uh, there's no he, his website's still on WordPress. Okay, <laughs> but he because there's no there's no software for like online business transactions. Yeah, because they have to like exchange the domain, but like Empire Flippers has to hold the domain until the money is transferred. Once the buyer confirms like they have control over everything, then they release. You know, then they release the money to the seller. Like mm-hmm. all these things, that all these things, there's no platform to do it. So now he's hiring a team of developers and designers to um, to do that. Right. And without any, he likely has a computer science degree, but mm-hmm. still he's a little bit in the dark when it comes to hiring people because he's he hasn't worked a long time in the in the software field. So no matter what you plan to do in your in your life, you likely are going to work for a business that has software. Yep. Either yeah. using it or making it. <laughs> You want to be somewhere involved, so you're not somewhere in the dark. Mm -hmm. I think having that understanding of technology is very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Second one is business information systems. That's half business, half technology. It's Mm -hmm. more about, instead of, computer science is more about creating technology. Information systems are more about using technology to help businesses run. And so if you're half business, half technology kind of person that vibes with your personality, then I think business information systems are good in between business and computer science obviously very versatile. You're helping businesses use technology. Yeah, That sounds
1: like a good, a good mix because a lot of people either have like the business entrepreneurial sales genes or they have like the computer program or technical genes. But if you could get like a little bit of both of those, that could be definitely a good way to to be able to leverage both of those skill sets.
0: I think it's the most versatile. It's the most balanced. Yeah. And then the third one is graphic design because it sounds weird, but how many of you have been to a website like an e-commerce store, and you're like, I'm not, I'm not putting my credit card in this store In this, in this and like, I buy a lot of things online, but this store, I'm not putting yeah. my, credit card. it looks, it looks like crap. It looks like it's from the nineties. And the reason I say that is because anytime you'd want to start your own business, uh, and social media is so popular today, right? Like social media is, is an yeah. unstoppable force, whether that's creating ads on social media, like Instagram ads, Facebook ads, yeah. uh, Google ads. Or using organically, you know, being Instagram famous or being YouTube famous or being uh, Facebook famous. But like a lot of it is visual. Like when you look at an ad on Facebook, you instantly judge it if it's visually appealing or not. Yeah. And when you have that eye for graphic design, you kind of build this eye for what's aesthetically pleasing and what's what's pleasing to the eye. Whereas people who never studied graphic design, they they pick first of all ugly logos. <laughs> See, it doesn't matter. See, here's the thing: if you never take graphic design or or take a little time to study it. You'll, you'll go on Upwork or Fiverr, you'll get a uh, uh, logo for five bucks and you'll be like, oh, good enough. Cause you don't have a taste for it. Yeah. Right? So even if you, even if you do hire a designer, if you don't have a taste yourself, you're going to add, you're going to request something ugly and you're going to be okay with something ugly. That's so, very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I think studying graphic design is really, really important because how aesthetically pleasing your website is or your app or your logo is in the future is really important. And you don't have to be a pro. But I do, I do think having that fundamentals so that when you hire a designer, if you do hire a designer one day, whether that's uh, off maybe off remotize.com, the job board that we're making.
1: We'll get to that. We'll any, get to that.
0: <laughs> in, 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 in any case, you, can, you give them proper instructions of, of something that is aesthetically pleasing. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that approves that design. And if you if you prove it something ugly, that's your fault.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And I definitely have to work a lot more on that. Um, just with the business that I run and I'm doing, I'm doing a fair bit of Instagram and Facebook ads, but really I got to develop my eye for, for what's actually going to get people's attention, catch people's attention, look professional, because that's something that obviously I'm not studying graphic design, but I still need to to put in the work to actually get those skills because you got to know what actually looks good and what's going to make people stop and and look. Um, if you want to, if you want to get anybody's attention online, that's, that's a must. Um so as far as as far as college goes in general we talked about majors and specifically but like what is your view on on the whole structure of college and and whether or not you think it's it's worth it for somebody cuz like you said obviously if somebody's in healthcare um and they want to get into healthcare that's really like pretty much the only option for them but yeah. but aside from healthcare what do you what do you think about the the idea of college
0: College college has a lot of benefits i just think it's highly inefficient at doing its job uh there are a lot of social benefits and a lot of maturity benefits that go with college and the, and yeah. the experience in total. I think if college was like, we you're going to state college, right? Yep, Yep. state, state school. College. Like I think going to a state school is like the best option really for the average Joe because it's so cheap. How much is your tuition per, per semester, per quarter?
1: Per semester, it's like, well per year, it's like just under 30, about 25.
0: 25,000? Yeah. Then you you you're going to a nice one. <laughs> I think long beach was like 12,000. I think the one I went to, Dang. uh, yeah. Was there in-state tuition or out-state tuition?
1: It's, it's in-state. Uh, it's, it's kind of complicated. There's reciprocity in the Midwest. So I get like a, it's close, it's close to in-state, but it's a couple thousand dollars more than in-state.
0: Okay. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. That's, that's all. Okay. A little side <laughs> <end>. It's also <laughs> the reason why our, our taxes in California are higher because some, a lot of it goes back to the UC system. So maybe that, that mm-hmm. could keep our tuition lower. Um, Versus like something like a place like Wisconsin where there's yeah. less tax in general. So um, at 25000 a year, yeah, I think that, that's, pretty, that's pretty rough, you know. Um, is it worth the experience and is it worth the, the time? It's, it's hard to say. I think if you choose something like business information systems, computer science, and your curriculum is up to date because some yeah. colleges do not update their curriculum. So you're learning you know, languages or, or things that are out of date. So it could be worth it. Uh, and I think the social aspect is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm concerned about though, is that people have a, what's it called? Like a college after college blues, where you're so used to hanging out with your friends. You're used to networking in situations that are very easy. Yeah. Classrooms or organizations, all that structure. Then you go to real life and then now you have to network on your own, but you're never taught. You're never taught how to do that because you never had to do it from the very beginning. And that's why having a podcast or having, Uh, like Instagram or social media is so important because that's how you network in, in 2018. Like all the people I've met is from my YouTube channel, Yeah, honestly, and I'm, I'm really happy with it. And I don't know how I would have networked if I didn't have my, my YouTube channel. So that's how I met Joe. That's how I met Dan Locke. That's how I met you. Yeah. So, So even if your following isn't very big, when you, when you start your blog podcast or youtube channel yeah it doesn't matter like even the networking benefits is already going to be worth it
1: yeah and just getting getting yourself and your story out there so that people have the opportunity to find you because if you don't if you don't say anything if you don't have any information about yourself out there no one's gonna be able to find you and nobody's gonna be able to connect with you because you haven't said anything so it really just starts with like making people aware of what you are doing and like what you're what you're all about um so so moving beyond that um you sort of talk a lot about besides like college and majors, you also talk a lot about yeah. like landing a job and like tips for either interviews or just like what to look for in a job. So can you give our audience who's again, mostly high school and college students, like some ideas of, of what they should be looking for in a job and how to, they should be like going about that whole whole process.
0: Yeah. Number one, stop chasing large companies, unless, look, if you, if you come in from a situ- situation where you're like, you go going to Stanford or Carnegie Mellon, it's going to be very easy for you to get a job at Google, Facebook, or whatever. You like that's yeah. like they're feeder schools for that. Yeah. But if you're coming from Cal State Long Beach or you're coming from uh, Apple School in Wisconsin, like that, that's a reach. It, it's it's a pretty big reach because you're applying against like thousands of people who are who are looking for the same job. Yeah. What I, what I would recommend is always attack like at a, at a at a sideways angle. It's usually better than going at, at the front door. Hmm. So what I would do is I would. Uh, I would go for a company that's really small where you get along with the owner. And I think that's more important than trying to go for a big name company. Cause at the end of the day, like you have to spend a ton of time at work. And if you don't know, if you don't like the boss, you don't like the CEO, you're not going to get along. Yeah, now in the be beginning, wrong. like, you're not, like, it's not the time to, the first job is not, is not the time to be picky. You take anything, literally, yeah. anything. uh, by the way, I, I'm trying to eliminate literally a tip, <laughs> bonus tip out there. No, never ever say literally. It's just, you just got a number. It just puts your IQ by 10 points so I have to not to say it, but it's a habit. So, um, first job is not the time to be picky. Take anything, 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 anything that can, uh, help you. Even as this sounds crazy, customer service. Really? But if you, yeah. If you do take customer service, be strategic about it. Mm. So for example, uh, you know that email marketing is really popular right now. Yeah. Yeah. Email marketing is huge in case you didn't know. Like it's really important and not, but not a lot of people wake up and they're like, I want to be customer service for MailChimp, which is a email (laughs) automation software. Nobody wakes up saying that, right? No, No, but if you want to be an entrepreneur one day, you're going to learn that email marketing is many, many eight or nine figure entrepreneurs will say email marketing is their most important tool for their business. Uh, and so if you can get customer service job working for MailChimp or active campaign or HubSpot or, or Infusionsoft, one of these email marketing softwares, mm-hmm. number one, low competition. Cause nobody wakes up and they want to be, I want to be customer service for email marketing software. Number two, you're going to learn how to use that software and it's, you're going to be really dangerous. Cause once you have that unlock, you have that as a foundation. When you apply for a company for a business, you go, Hey, I want to work for you. Oh, like, why do you want to work for me? I'm like a nine figure entrepreneur. Yeah, uh, you know, I I worked at HubSpot, and I know you were you use HubSpot. I was customer service for two years. I kn- I know the ins and outs of HubSpot, and I've seen crappy, hu- crappy uses of Hub HubSpot. I've seen, I've seen multi, like I've seen uh Fortune five hundred companies use HubSpot. So that's why you want to bring me on to be your HubSpot person, and be like, okay, yeah, that's a pretty good reason. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 that that makes sense, right? Yeah. So. And so, for example, another one is like ClickFunnels. Many of you have probably seen the ads for to become yep. ClickFunnels per certified, not ClickFunnels, like Russell Brunson, he, like it's, it's a huge thing. It's ClickFunnels. Uh, you've for sure seen an ad for ClickFunnels at one point, right? So instead of trying to take a course in ClickFunnels, if you're young enough, you don't have you don't, a low salary you're more flexible at, at this age, do customer service for ClickFunnels. And by doing that, your job is to look at funnels and fix funnels eight hours a day. You're going to get pretty damn good at funnels through that process. And customer service is a role that people don't expect. Like your, your competition is low too. That's the most important part. Like competition is low customer service is one of those positions where no experience is required. Right? Like, Mm. so, so by, by being more strategic about where you enter and hit things sideways, I think your, your odds of becoming successful are a lot better than trying to go through the front door.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So that being said, do you think it's important to sort of niche down? Because like, like your examples you were giving with like email marketing or funnel building, do you think it's, it's a good idea to at first, like pick a niche and like get really, really good at that and then use that to grow from there. Or or what do you think about that?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think everyone, everyone in the beginning should niche to like what to one role, one very specific thing. And then, and then along the way you branch out, For nine months I was making product videos for an e-commerce company called bikeberry.com. And that was like, that was my thing. I made (laughs) motorized engine product videos for YouTube and I did that for nine months. And then along the way though, I learned a lot. Like I learned how to shoot videos better. I learned how to use a DSLR properly. I learned how to use after effects, which is a graphics uh, video graphics software. Uh, I learned how to edit videos a lot better. Uh, So along the way, and I also learned a lot about e-commerce. Uh, along, uh, while I was there. And, and the reason why I'm telling you customer service is a sideways job is tell a little story too. All right. when, when I was at bikeberry, we mm-hmm. had about five customer service representatives taking phone, phone calls within a couple of years, half of them, two or three of them had side hustles selling, selling products on Amazon, making a couple thousand dollars a month and really? everything they learned was on the job. Cause when you're in the environment, you're on customer service, you're in the environment, you're taking, you're taking the complaints of the customers. You can't, you, you cannot help, but learn about how e-commerce works. Mm. Like you hundred percent will. It is going to be better than any Amazon FBA course that you buy. Any Shopify course that you buy working customer service at a thriving e-commerce business is the best education you can get on how to make your own. Oh,
1: that's so, I mean, I never would have thought of like customer service as being, being able to leverage that many different skill sets from it. But, but I mean, that's just, it seems like such a great opportunity, especially yeah. at, at a low level when you're just getting out of school, yeah. like that, that seems like the, the, the power move. Um, so you also, so you talk a lot about jobs, like, like we're talking about like jobs, but also entrepreneurship. You got a lot of videos about entrepreneurship. Obviously you are an entrepreneur. You run a, pretty successful online business. Um, so, so what, and, and there's so many young people out here, uh, especially among my audience who, who are convinced they want to be entrepreneurs. Um, what do you, what do you think about this idea? I think there's a stat that like 74% of, of high school students.
0: Yes, start their
1: own business. Like, what do you, what do you yeah. think? about that?
0: I think, I think that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I don't think it's dumb. I think it's a great ambition to have one day. But I think to start your own business right out of high school, 18 years old is foolish. Really? Because you don't know anything yet. Yeah. When I created my remote eyes, my, my job board, mm-hmm. there are 20 or 30 different things I had to know, lessons I learned from Engineer Truth. I wouldn't even consider, Engineer Truth is, is a YouTube channel. I would consider it like half entrepreneurial, half I'm just a YouTuber. Um, hmm. uh, so it's, it's kind of it's entrepreneurial but really i feel like a job board is is a real entrepreneur uh journey yeah uh, but there there were a lot of baby steps i took along the way and without those baby steps i wouldn't have been able to make a really smart decisions with remotize even with picking the name you know picking the name remotize I, I i there's a lot of steps i did to to pick that good that name picking mm-hmm. the logo picking the, the design for the website all these things that I learned from the past seven years of working on Engineer Truth or working for Bikeberry, and along the way I also worked for Up Rocks and Pro Science Life uh, mm-hmm. during their social media, and all these lessons along the way. Now I feel like I can create like a real online business with this uh, a job board. But I think when you try to make your own business from eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. You have no clue about anything. Like you have no clue. You you don't know how to make a website. You don't even know how to make a bio domain probably, right? You are probably if you if you if you go to GoDaddy, and you and you look at how to you know, you're picking your domain, mm-hmm. and you think it's expensive, you should just stop. You just stop stop right there because the domain is like the smallest uh, cost that you're going to have with starting your own online business, there's 20 or 30 different things that you have to be specialized in, which is SEO, branding, being a brand. You gotta mm-hmm. be pretty good at picking names. I think a lot of high schools out there, when they pick a name, they're gonna pick something stupid like <laughs> top bandanas, red, topredbandanas.com. <laughs> Go to topredbandanas if you wanna get your top red bananas. Like it's like you pick a name where it's just like, you just don't know, like you just don't know a lot of things.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I think the smartest thing to do is to work for a business that you would want to start one day. I think that's the best thing to do and start at customer service or the lowest, lowest, lowest level intern Mm. or create your own internship. Like just offer value. with like what Apple did Yeah. me offering value, uh, subtitling videos for me, for, for social media, for LinkedIn and for Facebook. And now, uh, Apple will be looking to get me, I guess on podcasts and I'll I'll be paying him a hundred dollars for each podcast he gets me on. So along the way, if you work for an intern for an online business, that's your best education more than and taking any kind of course. And then maybe if it makes sense down the line, you want, you want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I think it's like, you, because of the way YouTube and Facebook is and these guys driving McLarens and Lambos and stuff like that, people think it's like really, really sexy, uh, really, really glamorous. And uh, there's a lot of emotions when, when you're, when you do become an entrepreneur and there's a lot of leadership stuff and you have to, the cool thing about entrepreneurship is that you change yourself along the way. So who I was Mm. when when I was making hundred dollars a month is different from who I was when I, when I was making a thousand dollars a month, I had to to change as a person. Then when I was making a thousand dollars a month, I had to change again. If I want to make 10,000, then to go from 10,000 to making 30 or $40,000 a month, I had to change again as a person. Like there's very few people who like from, to go from $10,000 a month to making 30 or 40 or even 50, like you, you need a team. Like that's when you really need a team. And if you don't want to be a leader and you don't want to be responsible for people's salary, it's going to be tough. I, I have never met someone. I have personally, I personally have never met someone who made like 40 or $50,000 a month without a team. Yeah. And, and so, but some people are not very good leaders or they don't want to be a leader or the, or the idea of having people on payroll scares them. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to do that, it's okay because there are, are a lot of companies now are, are great workplaces. And I think that's a little bit, uh, Understated these days. Like my friend's company, Empire Flippers, a really great company to work for. Uh, Dan Locke, he hires like a staff of twenty-five people. Even me, I have seven. Like working at a corporate job, yeah, that definitely sucks. But can you work for something that uh, that is fun to work on, where you're not necessarily the entrepreneur? But you feel like you're, you're, you still feel fulfilled. You have this uh job where it's interesting, mm. it's engaging. It has all the elements that people are looking for in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe that's not the very high pay, like buying the Lambo, but you have all these elements of, of, of fulfillment, interesting, doing something new every day. And you don't have the stress of, uh, Holy fuck, I have to leave this thing.
1: Yeah. And it's, yeah. So, so I want to get back to building a team in just a second. But yeah. what, what you said earlier about like making your own internship and like working for people that you like aspire to and are, who are doing things that you aspire to do, yeah. that, is, that is, the that is the essence of exactly what I'm doing. Okay. So, yeah. like, my whole thing is I'm trying to learn from people like you people who are who are online having a serious online business that are making a, a serious amount of money online yeah. so my whole thing is I, I reach out I reach out to to a significant amount of people like you and offer yeah. my services for free like I work for people for free so that I can learn from them I can I can see what they're doing to, yeah. to get to the places where they're at because like you said entrepreneurship and starting your own business it's a culmination of so many little things that all come together and you have to know all these little things in order to, to, to make something big so yeah. so being able to do to a like do your own side projects and learn from that but also like work with people who have done it and who have been there and and see what they're doing like bringing all that together is what it really in my like my viewpoint that's what i think that's where i think the value is and that's what i'm trying to, to, to like absorb is is all this information that's out there from people who are actually doing it so I think that's really big and like if you're if you're a college student, if you have time like work for people for free like find somebody who's doing something really really cool that you want to learn more about work for them for free like give them value figure out what would bring them value and, and give it to them because that's that's going to get you the information and, and the ability to like soak
0: up as much information as you possibly can yeah apple you tuned into one of our meetings yeah, uh, right when you already started how how useful was that meeting that was I was really I learned so much
1: from that I mean, I have my own youtube channel. So like the stuff that you were talking about It was like directly applicable to me So I, I was taking notes that whole time and i've been starting to incorporate some of that stuff into my own in my own content um, because it, it was so much valuable information that you have to share with people and and that's just it It, bl- it blows me away. Um, that there's just like it, Just just having that abundance mindset and really being able to give before you want to receive anything is is really really big because like I wasn't expecting that. Like I wasn't trying to work with you so that I could sit in on on one of your meetings or like like ask you questions. Like that that's not my goal. My goal is just to provide value and to 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 be a resource for people.
0: Yeah. There um, you go. <laughs> Apple, you got the right mindset. I hope, I hope more people follow your advice because you, like, uh, like I mentioned before, like you're the only unpaid intern I ever accepted. Like your first intern, first of all, but definitely un- first unpaid, which now you're getting commissions for, for getting on podcasts. But uh, I think like what's crazy is I, re- I get reached out by so many college students e- and our high school students or even people who have graduated. I, I get reached out by people who are 30 years old Jeez. and they still don't understand the concept of giving value first. They sent me two or three paragraphs at 30 years old, still saying, Hey, here's my life story. This is why my life sucks. I want a pity party, but can you give me advice? I was wondering, and this is the point where I was like, I was wondering if you could just come on a call with me for 30 minutes. Like, first message. And I told the guy like, look, I'm like, no, um, I don't really do that. I get a lot of requests. You can ask questions in my Facebook group though. I'm really busy. And he's like, Oh I know you're really busy. That's why I want thirty just thirty minutes of your time.
1: Like, just there wow. The was,
0: I'm looking at the guy's picture, I don't know his his exact age, but he was around thirty years old. Oh. And he still still doesn't understand that, yo, like I'm earning a business and like not only that, but like how ridiculous to to ask someone you don't know for thirty minutes of their time for free. <gasps>
1: yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, that's just so that's just so backwards. Like I don't I don't understand people who are coming in with that mindset. Just yeah. Okay. So coming back to teams, I I want to talk with you about how you've been able to build your team because you've got, you've got, I mean, when I was on that call with you, there were a lot of people there. Like you have a serious, serious team that you've built up. Um, So first of all, like how, how big is your team? Seven, seven people. That's, that's wild. How, when did you start building that up? So you've been doing the channel for like seven years now. When did you start taking people on?
0: Uh, I brought on a freelance video editor and a freelance graphic designer two years ago. And then at the time I was, I didn't have the leadership skills, right? So I didn't bring them on full time. Mm-hmm. I just paid them per video edited or pretty paid them per like social media post. Okay. And then, uh, that, that was, that went on for two years. And during that time I was still, uh, in the self-employed route, I was still hovering around like 10,000, $12,000 a month. Okay. And then I was, I was pretty happy with that. I, and yeah. I'm glad I enjoyed that success for about a year or two. But then I, after a while I, I felt a little bit unhappy with myself because I've been, you know, you're consistently working and like who wants to work for two years and not see their income go up? Yeah. You know, nobody. So then I was like, okay, I really have to scale. And so I went to a conference called Menfluential, and that's where I met Dan Locke. I established a joint venture with him, and I was like, okay, we really have to do this launch right because I'm gonna be a uh, basically I'm an affiliate. Where I sell his. I'm gonna sell his course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like this is Dan Locke. I really want to do a good job on this. Yeah. And also read his book Fu Money while on the plane home, and uh, I was really inspired by it because he said that. uh, he used to want to do everything by himself, but he knew if you want to become a millionaire, like you have to have a team. Like there's practically no millionaires that don't have a team. I really thought about that. I was like, crap, crap. Like there are no millionaires (laughs) without a team. And he he has, he has a a term that he says he's a team made millionaire, not a self-made millionaire, but team made millionaire. Mm, So like that, uh, yeah. And then I, I've had AJ as a video editor for two years as freelancer. And I know he's always had a full-time job and he's in the Philippines. And, uh, I was like, okay. Let's just bring on full-time. And in my head, I had a a salary I wanted to pay him. And it was like roughly, I was willing to go up to like $1,000 highest, $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, so I just asked him, shirt up, like, hey, man, I know you have a full-time job. Like, how much does your full-time job pay you? And he said, uh, after taxes, it pays him $325 per month. Really? Yeah. And that's that's a job you have to go into. Sit at the office for eight hours a day and then go home. Nuts, right. And so I told him. Like man, I'll give you eight hundred. I was like, okay.
1: Dang.
0: Yeah, so I didn't have to go all the way to the thousand that I was. That was my hard cap. So Damn. I was like, eight. I was like, eight hundred is pretty fair. Like yeah. two, two and a half times your, the pay that you're getting. I was Like that's pretty. That's pretty all right, right? So uh, he he said, okay, let me think about it. Uh, and so he talks to his dad and comes back. He's like, hey, Matt, I want to work for you, but uh, I don't have a laptop. I'm like, mm. Okay, that's a that's a problem. So I told him he could pick any laptop that he wants, and I'll pay for half of it. Wow. And, yeah. So, I was like, okay, he's, he's going to pick a, a Asus Acer. He messaged me. He's like, I want the new MacBook Pro 2017 best specs. <laughs> so I was like, God. So, uh, yeah, so we got him that laptop, and I paid for half of it. And he's been on the team. Yeah, he's been working full-time for me for uh, since February. And it's not a genuine full-time job. Like, he has his assignments, and if he gets it done early, you know, yeah. he, it's really like, if I estimate it, he's really working like 30 hours a week. Okay. Uh, which, which is what I like better because – I don't want him to be overloaded mm-hmm. and technically they never have vacations. Uh, so technically every week is somewhat a vacation. They have like, you know, three days or four days off each week if they finish mm-hmm. their work early. Um, and that's just how, how I, how I like to structure it. And so he's been on the team and then I brought in Jessa on the team who is graphic design. I just paid her more and I give her more responsibilities. And then, um, and then that's when I also offered a you know, funny enough, I'll, I'll step back. I offered two <laughs> of my friends jobs who I like. Like they actually have no online business experience, but I just oh, I like them, okay. and I was like, "Hey, come to the Philippines, Philippines with me. I'll pay you a thousand five hundred dollars, and your for mm-hmm. your housing. So you get your housing paid for, and a thousand five hundred dollars a month. And you no. don't know any, they don't they don't know anything about online business, but they're like smart guys, yeah. and like I respect their I respect their um uh their ability to learn. Mm-hmm. But both of them said no.
1: Oh dang,
0: <laughs> yeah, both of them said no, and so I offered it to one guy I used to work with before, who's also named Matt. Like a thousand five hundred, and you you live in the Philippines with me. I'll pay for your housing and like most of your food. So he actually said yes on the spot. Like I didn't even finish the offer, and he said yes. And yeah, I want to go. I'm like Matt. I like I haven't laid out all the terms yet. Yeah, but no, I want to go. Like, okay. So uh, he, we, we go to the Philippines, and then we work with AJ too, and the graphic designer a bit. We do a company retreat, and uh, it felt really good to have an official organization. Yeah. Uh, so feel like people have full time and stuff like that. So that's just how the team started. And like everyone is still on the team and no one has ever quit working for me yet. Wow. Uh, yeah, because I just make it really chill and you know, what's funny. I don't always pay the most either, but I, I just have a, I just have a really nice environment for people to work. That's, that's, that's
1: what's up. I mean, it's not always about the pay. It's, it's about, yeah. it's about the environment. It's about the people. So yeah. were you, so you, you're not in the Philippines, but you like went to the Philippines with, with your new person just to like take them there and like show them the team or.
0: Well, I think all of us, you gotta, cause so I was only paying him like, like I didn't, I don't have enough or at the time I didn't have enough money to pay him like a, his real salary. So yeah. he was getting paid, uh, six figures at a, uh, a company called no foods. Okay. And when well, six figures is like $8,000 a month.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I don't have, I don't have $8,000 a month to bring on someone new, but no. I do have a thousand five hundred, and I'll pay for your housing and food. Right. <laughs> so there's just like, comes <laughs> out to like 2,500 a month, roughly all, all together. Yeah. And, and so, but I was like, okay, but you get to like live in a new country and a, <laughs> I just do something crazy and have fun. And I think instead of appealing to the salary, I appealed to life as an adventure and the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, not a lot of, not enough business owners utilize that aspect. No, but if they did, they could save so much money. That's, and
1: that's a, that's a really cool approach.
0: That was a, that was a way for me to get a six figure digital marketer for only, you know, 2,500 a month oh. and no, no one couldn't. And you can't, you can't, you can't compete against that. No. I mean, sh- sure, like you know, being in America makes us look a- more official and stuff like that. But yeah. like, I mean, come on, I'm saving uh, like six thousand dollars a month or so <laughs> on 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 paying him. So it's it's a, it's a ton of money. And yeah. and that was that that really gave me the edge. And I really think going remote gives me the edge. It doesn't. It's not a disadvantage.
1: So how did you meet? How did you meet AJ and um and these other guys in the Philippines at first?
0: uh i use i use upwork at first and then okay. with aj he, i met him on upwork and then uh, I had him work for me for like three months, and I said, "Okay, well, like you've been working for me for three months. Like, let's just get off this platform." Yeah. So I exchanged emails, and then uh, Upwork banned me forever. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to use like a different credit card if I ever use Upwork again. <laughs> how do they How do they find out about that? Because uh, whenever you send an email through their chat, they have yeah. a, a thing that automatically detects oh. it, and they like manually check each one. And they'll if you're exchanging emails to get off the platform, they ban you. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, Wow, that's that's intense. And then the other ones, I, after that, I, since I got banned from Upwork, I use a platform called OnlineJobs.ph. Okay. And that's where I, I get everybody. And I've been very happy with everyone I've found off OnlineJobs.ph. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'll have to watch out for that if I decide to use Upwork and I want to take it off the platform. I guess you got to be stealthy about it.
0: I'd, I actually don't <laughs> recommend uh, doing Upwork. Or, really? or Yeah, because if you want a gig, if you want something short, like just do Fiverr. It's cheaper. Mm. Upwork is like, like for me, I, I never believe in in hiring someone for – uh, one little project because it's just not good. You got to like orient them. They do one yeah. little project and then they leave. And then that one little project, whatever it is, it could get outdated or you need to continue work on it. You need continual maintenance on it. Like there's very few situations where you want someone to come in and work on a project and then just leave. Like most of the time you need continual work. It's like, the only time it's like you, I can understand you want a project is like, you need one video for your landing page and like, that's it. That's the only video you ever, you ever need. But most of the time, like most companies you should really just be hiring someone long-term, but part-time remotely. Yeah. It's like if you have a website and you have someone make the website and then you have them leave, uh, eventually you want changes <laughs> to the website or you need maintenance to the website. Like, and then you need to bring yeah. someone new to work on the website. Oh, and all okay. that training, all that training. Right. So for me, I really think long-term part-time is better.
1: All right. That makes sense. All right. So I got a few more questions that i like to ask all of my guests before we go. The first of which is how do you, how do you stay motivated? Like you're doing, you're doing big things. you got a team of seven people. Like how do you yeah. stay motivated each and every day to get up and like get after it?
0: Uh, I mean, I have my rough patches. Like right now we're going through a rough patch. Like remote ties is really stressing me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, you, for first, to answer the question for everybody, is that you got to find what motivates you. Yeah. I used to think motive money motivated me, mm. uh, and so I I So many I young tra- people get in that trap. I so many young people get in the trap, right? Because you watch the ads with the Lambo and, and oh stuff like that, <laughs> and then I made a ton of money, and then I was like, man, I actually have enough. Like, to be honest, I could afford I could afford a Lambo right now. Lambo like, sounds crazy, but Lambo's not that expensive. It's like two thousand dollars. It sounds I know that fucking sounds crazy to you, but it's really just two thousand dollars a month. Uh, the payments on it, it's it's really not that bad when you're when you're at a certain income. True. Uh, Really, if you're making like $20,000 a month, you could, you could afford a Lambo. It's, not, it's nothing crazy. Um, so I could afford one, but it just wouldn't make me happy. Because uh, I have the Audi A3. This is like a $40,000, $30,000 car. And I got it. I'm like, this is good enough. Like, if I buy an, a, a $200,000 car, like, I don't think I would, I would get, like, it's five times more expensive. I don't think it's going to give me five times more joy. Yeah. And also, like, to, to also add, like, I think a lot of guys want to get it for the dating reasons. I'll tell yeah. you, a, a nice car could actually make you look insecure.
1: That's true. That's if very you, true.
0: If you don't have everything else tight, like if you're going to be a guy and you have, you have a gut and you have like shit style uh, and then you're going to drive uh, an exotic car, it's not going to help you that much. I do, no. I think it's it's going to be icing on the cake. If you're fit, you already have good style. You have a nice place. You know, the Lambo is just a little bit of icing on the cake. But like, I really think you should have everything else tight. But for me, I'm wrap it up to motivation. <laughs> to wrap it back to motivation. For me, I think of uh, all the people out there who... Hate their job. They're stuck at a nine to five. And they want to have the same lifestyle I, I, I do. You know, being able to live in the Philippines, Southeast Asia, go to uh Vietnam, Cambodia, maybe even go to Eastern Europe. And you really don't need that much money. If you're making like three thousand dollars a month online, you could have that kind of lifestyle. Two thousand a month is a little bit close, you can still do it. Mm-hmm. Definitely you're gonna have to do a little more hostile stays. <laughs> but if you're willing to do the hostile stuff, two thousand dollars a month is, is already enough. Really? Um, Yeah, absolutely, because a hostel is like, what, like 20 bucks a night, in some cases like $15 a night. You're making $2,000 a month, you could definitely, absolutely afford it. Uh,
1: Oh, I guess I'm ready to travel then.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you should. No, and and economy tickets to Southeast Asia is like 600 bucks, 650 bucks. Okay, okay. You should do it. You should do it uh, when you have a break. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I highly recommend it to you because traveling, yeah, it's a little bit of a buzzword, but when you travel, you see different personalities it's so most importantly you got to meet people you can't just yeah. go and look at the and uh, look at the history and look at the statues and shit look like at that the mountains yeah you gotta like actually meet people at the hostels meet other travelers meet locals get a taste of their culture and get yeah. a taste of how they perceive the world it really that, that's what really changes on changes your opinion about people and humans
1: yeah uh, hearing those stories man that's that's what it's all about
0: hearing those stories is all what's all about it's like humans of new york right oh yes, yes exactly yeah. exactly Uh, but what motivates me is I think of those people who are stuck there, but they they don't know how to do it. They have the ambition, they have the drive, Mm. they have this desire, but they don't have the the guidance. And I think that's what really motivates me. And it, it really excites me when I hear people like, yeah, you know, I quit my nine to five job that I hated because of, uh, you taught me this or because, uh, you know, because of my work. And I think like, that's, that's very, very, uh, it's very, very important to me. And also I think when you, when you threaten companies like, man, like, Hey, we, we lost David, Michael and John, because they went to go to, to live in Southeast Asia, earning $2,000 a month. Why don't we just let people like work remotely like two days a week? Cause when we keep losing all these people. We're not going to have a company. Yeah. And, and so it threatens companies to, to do remote work. Cause otherwise they can't be competitive. And I feel like I'm, I'm playing my role in that, in that mm. system.
1: Mm. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that so much. All right, next question is, do you have any hobbies that have served you particularly well? Any like morning routines or anything that, that have, have been good for you?
0: Not setting an alarm has been very good for me. Really? Yeah, it's been the best. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, like, I've watched every single video about waking up 4.30 a.m. And I know that's, <laughs> a, that's a buzzword because Jocko from yep. Extreme Ownership is, is promoting his book. And a lot of very successful people do it. When I, work at four, when I wake up very early, it just kills me for the rest of the day because mm. uh, I don't get enough sleep. Yeah, and uh, for whatever reason, it gives me, it makes me feel anxious because hmm. when I have to sleep at a certain time, that gives me anxiety. Hmm. Uh, like it actually makes it harder for me to sleep when I feel like because okay, so when you know you have to wake up at four thirty a.m., what happens is that the night before you're like, okay, I need to be in the bed by ten p.m. or otherwise I'm not getting enough sleep. Yeah. And then at ten thirty rolls by, you're like, okay, fuck, I'm not asleep yet. <laughs> uh, but, like. <laughs> If I'm gonna be super tired tomorrow, and then at 11 p.m., you're like, fuck, I'm really, I'm really gonna like not miss a lot of sleep. See, so you actually get, I actually get more anxiety, and then more anxious you get while trying to fall asleep.
1: That's just it's not gonna work.
0: Yeah, that's your <laughs> likely to sleep. But when I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna to go to sleep, eh, whenever I go to sleep is whenever I go to sleep, whenever I wake up is whenever I get wake up, and then I, my body can relax, I like, can sleep, and then I, I don't wake up whenever. Now, this doesn't work for everybody. Like, no. if you have a real company, you have a really big company, you have to show up on time and shit like that. Yeah. for me, this has worked for me. And the reason I I want to promote this a little bit is because the 430 AM works for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but this has, there's many different personalities in the world. I've been able to create like two businesses and have you know a lot of income. I never set an alarm. Like, like I only set an alarm when I have a meeting and that's pretty much it. And even wow. when I set up my meetings, I set up in like after 9 PM or 9 AM. Wow. <laughs> and I'm very, I'm very uh, like, man, it doesn't work for everybody. But one thing that it's, uh it's forced me to do is that uh it makes me think about whether the hour of, of work i'm doing is necessary and hmm. i think when you i spend more time reflecting on like whether the work i'm doing is, is effective than just grinding it out and i think nighttime time for whatever reason is a good time to just pace around in your room walk around go for a night stroll and actually think about is what you're doing effective or is it what you is it what you really want to do instead of Cause when we wake up early for whatever reason, humans tend to like just do the grind, the grind. Like you kind of go on this habitual thing of like doing the same thing every day. And I think that's what waking up early is good for Like grinding and like really, really getting productive work done. Mm-hmm. And then nighttime is a good time to reflect. And I think I've had more time to reflect because I, I'm more of a uh, night owl and mm-hmm. I know that's my strategy, but that works for me. And the reason I'm promoting that is because I think when all these high level people say that you have to wake up at 4:30 AM in the morning, and maybe you do to make a multi-million-dollar company, but I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, you don't have to wake up early.
1: No. And it's, it's that self-awareness. Like you said, I mean, for you, you, you get your best work done at night and like you, you, yeah. you take the evenings to reflect. So you got to know what's going to work for you. Cause like fourth year a.m. might work for a lot of people, but if it doesn't work for you, then don't try to make it work for you because it's just not, it's not what's going to work for you. Yeah, um, exactly. What about books? Do you have any books that have been really impactful on you? Um, could be business related or just like lifestyle related?
0: Choose Yourself by James Altucher.
1: Choose Yourself. Okay. Choose Never yourself heard of it. Altucher.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good. I think, you're, I think you would like it a lot. Okay. Because awesome. when people think of uh, book recommendations, I don't think they consider where the person is at their life. And every time I've been recommend, recommended a book, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this book is garbage. It's mostly because <laughs> I've, I've read a book very similar to it already. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, like this is just Tony Robbins and Think and Grow Rich regurgitated. Yep. Right? So I, I always consider where, where the person is uh if you want to know good writing and it sounds a little and i know the pull pickup stuff is weird for a lot of people but the Mm -hmm. game by neil strauss Hmm. uh, i would read it uh i would if you're not into that kind of stuff i would read it not for the whole pickup stuff i would read it more on how to tell a good story interesting Uh, and then the second thing is how to live an interesting life those are the even if you even when you're in a happy relationship you're cool totally cool with it i just think that no one tells a better story than neil and when sometimes when i read those those chapters by him the there's some chapters where he ends it on like one little line and and it's like oh my god like you are a goddamn genius (laughs) like i would get tingles like even though i'm reading a book which is very emotionless i would get like tingles reading the reading this last line of a chapter and i'm like okay well guess i'm not sleeping tonight and i go to the next chapter so okay. I would, uh, in terms of good storytelling, he's very good at storytelling. And even more you can go into the business, the more I realize like appealing to people's emotions and telling good stories is very important.
1: Yeah, that's such a valuable skill wherever you want to be. If you're trying to get people's attention, like stories are, are the way to do it. All right, so the last, the last question I have for you is really, um, so you've been mentioning, you've been mentioning your, your remote job board remotize a lot. So what is that all about? Can you give our, our listeners like, like an overview of what that is and, and, and why you're doing it?
0: Yeah. Remote is a job board focused on remote or partially remote opportunities. And I saw a gap in the market because there's job boards that are completely remote
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: there's job boards where it just has everything in it, like indeed. And yeah. there's no job board for remote opportunities are partially remote. And the reason I got the idea for partially remote is because it seems like Dan Locke, they're mostly remote, mm-hmm. but then there's times when you have to come in and, and do the work in person. Yeah. So it's like remote half of the time. All and right. then. For Joe's company, Empire Flippers, they're remote except for three times a year. For four, four, about four times a year, they want to meet up in person. And so it's remote, but it's not genuinely remote. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of positions that are coming up where maybe you work two days in the office, but three days at home. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get a job board for those kind of positions because those are becoming more and more popular. Yeah. So that's, that's the niche I wanted to go into. But with making remote ties, what I found was with the other job boards, particularly the remote job boards is that they're, they're not, they're not using their data, their information to help job seekers. Hmm. So if you go to other remote job boards, they're not, they don't have content on how to make a good portfolio. They don't have content on how to make Ooh. a cover letter. They're not using their data. They're not using their stats to um, help employers. Like we just ran a poll on engineer truth and 2,700 people answered. All right. We asked them, would you rather get paid $10,000 a month? Okay. But you have to go into a cubicle. Mm -hmm. or would you rather get paid $2,000 a month but be allowed to live anywhere in the world for the same amount of work?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm interested.
0: Yeah, 40% of the people said they would rather take $2,000 a month and be allowed to live anywhere in the world. Wow. And so as an employer, yeah, you're going to lose some communications by not having everyone go into the office, but you can hire five people for (laughs) the price of one. Five people for the price of one if you let them live anywhere in the world. And so use by using my data from engineer truth and using the data from that. I get from remote helping job seekers get better so that the experience of the employers is better. Like everybody wins. Like if the job seeker is better, employers are like, damn, these applicants are way better than any other platform. They're more educated. They have better portfolios. Like their presentations are better. Like everything's better about them. They're more self aware. Then as a job seeker side, obviously you get better portfolios and better, you know give our odds of getting the, getting these jobs yeah so all the information for free and then uh, we're eventually by making the information for free we ex- that's going to help build up the traffic to the job board yeah search engine optimization and also just people sharing the sharing it uh, to the, with their friends
1: yeah exactly yeah, that content marketing is is so content is so marketing. essential very so important is is it, is it free for people to use like can can somebody just go onto
0: it and like look for jobs yeah. You can go, go look, go to remotize.com and look for remote jobs. We're still building out the content. So we only have three blogs on it right now, okay. but uh, I know every month uh, we'll be releasing a couple articles. So we're really, really working on, on doing that. And uh, one thing is that when you start a business, uh, mm-hmm. as much as these online entrepreneurs make it sound like it's like you, you, you take this course and a month later, you make a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, the better way to look at it is this is going to take a couple years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's something you got to build
0: something you got to build slowly. And I have to remind myself that too. Cause I'm like, okay, Matt, like this is, this is going to take a long time. This is going to yeah. take a year or two. But once it, but the thing is, it's, it's so true about the saying, like uh, you got to focus on one thing and then do it for a long time because and, look, you got to focus not on the wrong, on the wrong thing either. Right. True. True. But like most of my success with engineer truth probably came in the last one or two years. And if I stopped like four or five years in then I wouldn't have reached this level of success.
1: Yeah. You never, you never know when that moment's going to be, and you could end up quitting right before it happens. Right so, before like, it happens. Yeah, So <laughs> That's why you just got to stay the course. Yeah. All right. So where can people find out more about you find out about engineered truth? Um, where do you want, where do you want people to go if they want to find out more about you?
0: They just go to my YouTube channel, engineer truth. It's uh, it's on YouTube or they could look up jobs on remote ties and that's it. That's it. Yeah.
1: All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Matt, again, for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you choosing to spend it here. Um, and again, guys, definitely check out Matt's channel. It's, it's a, it's a powerhouse of value. There's just so much information there, whether you want to like learn about majors, anything we talked about today, there's a ton more information regarding that, um, on his channel. So definitely, definitely give that a look and thank you again, Matt, for your time. Thanks again, Matt, for being on the show. I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate your time. I know our listeners got a ton of value out of this. I'll be sure to link up all of Matt's resources in the show notes for this episode as well. Definitely go follow him on YouTube, Instagram, all of those good places. And if you're looking for remote work, um, he's got that job board up, so that's a really good resource as well. If you guys did enjoy this show, do consider leaving us a review as well. They really do count, and I really do take them to heart, so consider leaving a review on this show on iTunes if you got some value out of it. Anyways, guys, my name is Apple Crider, and I will see. See you on Friday.